Welcome back to the Kill the Dead Podcast. I'm your host, Gray, and tonight I'm joined by my internet co-host. We have Ash, we have Brandon, we have Devin. Say what's up, guys. What's up? What's poppin'? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sound butch, leave me alone. <laughs> Tonight's episode will welcome you to Mars. But before we get into that, Devin. What's yeah. good with you? Uh, everything's been pretty good. I so I've been watching a lot of old school horror movies. So recently, actually last night, I saw Nightbreed for the first time. I saw yeah. that on your IG feed, actually. Yeah, and I got a lot of feedback. It's a lot of people's favorite movie. Um, I, I can't say that I loved it. Mm-hmm. Can you guys hear me? Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. When I thought I, I dropped everybody. Oh, you just for, you you thought that you didn't hear the the smart ass comment coming from me, so you're like, huh, I must have I must have lost everyone. No, but we already knew you were going to say some rude shit like that. But go ahead. No, I mean it's a good movie. It's just not your cup of tea. Like I don't, yeah, like I don't really have to see it ever again. Um, but I will say, I think it does make a nice companion piece to Hellraiser in many ways. It, did you guys ever see that movie Little Monsters with Fred Savage? Yes. Fred Savage. Yes. This is like an oh, adult version of that. Yeah, this reminds me of like an adult version of that. So I, I enjoyed it. It's just, you know, I don't see it again. And then, you know, with it being June, Pride Month, I've been trying to do a deep dive into a lot of horror films that have some type of a, like a queer element. So the other night I rented Fright Night, which is a very strong queer element to it. Yes. Um, yeah. So I've been watching that. And the new season of Dynasty is on Netflix. Oh. So I've been... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> into, into that monstrosity. <laughs> you know, once I, I, it was last year, so it wasn't really that recent. I'm not gonna pretend to be all woke and shit. But when I learned that Don Mancini was gay, uh, mm-hmm. that gave the last few Child's Play movie a whole different meaning to me. Oh, he's gay. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you saw a seat of Chucky, there's no doubt that he's gay. Mm. But yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's uh, one of the few openly openly gay prominent uh, horror creators. I didn't know he was gay. Well, I know that now, but I didn't until he was at uh, Texas Frightmare last year, and I went to a panel. Mm-hmm. And not that it matters, but it's like that's not something I would ever Google. Is this director gay? Right. So it was like never a thing. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I did buy the whole collection uh, mm-hmm. of the films and I rewatched them and I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it was cool. It was kind of like when I watched The Perfection a second time. But anyway, I'll try yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, that's something to be said about having a queer director. And actually, I was telling uh, my partner this, the movie we just watched, Ma, has a queer director and there were certain elements in mm-hmm. this that really stood out to me. I'm like, only a gay man can do that. So... Yeah, that's what's what I can't wait to hear about it. Um, how about you, Ash? Okay, can y'all tell something's different? Is I, it your hair? Oh no, the sauce that I am crispy right now. Oh my god. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I am crispy just like Brandon. I am excited. As y'all cannot <laughs> tell, I got a brand new microphone. I'm Super excited to use all thanks to my boo thing, but anyways, what's new with me? Um, last week I went to what's that half price bookstore, they had like their huge clearance sale 
everything's two dollars or less so i went there and i got me some movies i got a pretty good collection um i got night of the living dead i got creep show feast the wrong turn three pack i got black christmas uh one of my guilty pleasures um uh, laguna beach season two y'all didn't hear that um yeah, I got all types of stuff, and I <laughs> um, I picked up some comics, too. I'm trying to think what else. Um, sorry, my mic went out. Sorry. Um, yeah, nothing much, really. I went there, got some movies. I picked up a horror comic. I forgot the name of it. Is something gore. So there's a lot of blood in it. <laughs> um, I watch some movies like always, but nothing new. Uh, what about you, Brandon? Hello? Brandon? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't hear you. I like zoned out for a second. With me... Uh, let's see. So, uh, I went to the Denver Pop Culture Con, formerly known as Denver Comic Con, and there I just—it was just pretty dope. I met this one dude. He actually drew a lot of the stuff in one of the comic books um, that talks about the history of Cthulhu. Did he draw you like one of his French girls? I wish. <laughs> I would have totally let him. He was actually rather good looking too. Any hoozles. Um, so he made this book called, uh, essentially it's like going back in the history of Cthulhu, like comic book style was really freaking cool. Um, but no, I had fun at Denver Comic Con. Then I've been playing a lot of Days Gone. Things are getting juicy in this game and I'm like, oh, oh word. Oh my goodness. You know, all the proper, uh, interjections there. Um, still writing. We're like at chapter six. We have not posted a new chapter yet, but you know. That's for reasons and such. Um, I think that's all I have. Gray, what's good with you? You know, I'm going to cycle back to uh, when Devin was speaking. I'm not sure if you guys have ever read this book before, but it was a good read. I haven't revisited it in a while, but it's actually uh, about homosexuality in horror film. It's called Monsters in the Closet. By um, Harry Benshoff, and it's like it touches on everything from like doctors thinking it was a medical issue to uh, gay tropes in Adam's Family Value. You know, it's like crosses the canvas. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it or read it, it is a good book. But I've heard heard that one to the list. I've heard of it. I just haven't read it yet. Other than that. You may have noticed that I went to a little film festival last week called the Overlook Film Festival in New Orleans. I had a fantastic time. I got to see, I think, five movies in total, which is a lot, but I still feel like I didn't see enough. And um, I guess I'll never be satiated in that aspect because I was just like, they're just at conflicting times. That's why I'm not watching them. It is, isn't something like a lack of interest. But actually I watched six, five movies, one sitcom. I saw Satanic Panic. Um, 
Come Home Daddy, Ma, The Vast of Night, Headcount, and then I saw the first episode of Swamp Thing. I think oh. they were two episodes, but I, they didn't make an announcement. So, like, when the credits rolled, no one came out of, like, the curtain. So I left. But then it's like, I think it was just a rookie move because I don't, I felt like maybe three people behind me, not like 80 people behind me. But I was just like, I'm not going to turn around. Fuck it. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. You know, they canceled that show today, right? Swamp Thing? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just got canceled today. You're joking, right? After one episode. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. What the hell? I was like, they had no faith in that show. I didn't even know it was out yet. Uh, yeah, so that was the thing that I kind of thought sucked because it came out the same day I saw it. So it wasn't really anything special to see it, per se. Um, but was, for Was me, it anything good? It wasn't the greatest watch for me because I, I never read the comic. I've only seen the movie. So the little things that they're paying nods to aren't for me. You know, I was like, hey, let's just turn them into Swamp Thing already. Let's get this going. Right. Um, but I'm sure actual DC fans appreciated it. I'm, it's just not my market, which is hard because you're trying to bring up characters that people don't necessarily like. And DC just doesn't really seem to have a grasp on how to introduce characters to people instead of like, I, I don't know. Clearly, no one can do what Marvel does, right? Don't, but, don't even start. Do not start. Uh-oh. We're not doing this today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just have one episode where we don't start stuff. <laughs> we, let's not trigger Brandon. Yes, yeah, let's let's not do that. <laughs> um, but <Not> rude. <laughs> I see two things I wanted to mention: The Vast of Night was an awesome movie. It was the jury award winning film for uh, Overlook Film Festival, as well as One Cut of the Dead was the honorable mention and fan favorite. So if you guys still haven't seen this movie, please go see it. I don't know how something has survived so long on a festival circuit, but I'm happy that it has and more people are getting exposed to this film. Other than that, um, I saw The Dead Don't Die. I, I personally love that movie. It is so in your face, George Romero, um, to the point to where the characters break the fourth wall, but still in character, it's the weirdest fucking thing. Um, but if anyone has seen a Bill Murray film, they know what to expect and it'll be fine. But I fucking loved it. It's funny, it's satirical, and then it's just fucking weird. So when that comes out, go see it. Definitely, you guys will enjoy it. I think that is it. Oh, one little small housekeeping thing. So a listener pointed out to me that last week I said there were nine Jason films and then one crossover film. And they were insisting that it was 10, but we're playing by the rules of Scream. Jason was not in the first film. So there are only nine films where Jason appears, including Jason Goes to Hell. But if you want to include the franchise, sure, there's 10 films and one crossover. So whatever way makes you listeners happy, I'm fine with it. Hmm. Wait, that doesn't seem right. Oh, here we go. What? How, how many films you said he was in? <laughs> Nine plus a crossover. Okay, so he's in two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, the remake. 
Oh, I didn't include remakes and counts. But okay, sure, so I'll take the remake. Huh? So that would be, even if we don't include the remakes, that's eight films and then a crossover. Okay. Wait, how is it eight films? If it, if there's ten films and you take out one. Because he wasn't in part five. Oh, we're going by those rules, too. I like this. Paramount. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is true. And technically, based on Jason Goes to Hell, was Jason ever really there? It was always just a spirit running out of. Do we count? Five See, I was, I was always on the fence about it. I'm not a fan of Jason Goes to Hell at all. Neither. Who is actually no. a fan of that film? I would like to meet one fan. It has its fans. It, it at the time, it did serve its purpose. Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X were just place markers while New Line Cinema and Paramount. Paramount argued over the rights. And so these two films came out just to keep people interested. Speaking of rights, have you guys been paying attention to the Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller debacle? No. No. Please do tell. Yeah, still ongoing. Was that, what's, what's that Devin? I said it's still ongoing, and I need another Jason Avengers. They should get over it. Yeah, I don't know why. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Victor Miller wrote the screenplay for Friday the 13th, and he owns, as of today, he owns the rights to the original screenplay in the United States. But Sean S. Cunningham, who you guys know for this film franchise, is saying that the screenplay that he wrote had very little to do with what they actually used. So who knows? But... He cannot lay claim to adult Jason Voorhees because Jason is not in the original film. So I'm sure there's fancier lawyer mumbo jumbo that if you want to Google it, you can find out the exact terms. But that's the basics of what's going on. But as of whatever court they were in earlier this week, there has been no new progress. So we will not be getting any more game updates or a remake anytime soon. Like, why are they playing with my emotions? <laughs> I forget the law, but it's something like Victor signed over the rights to Sean S. Cunningham. And in that time period, he had whatever, 35 years or something to lay claim to it. So he chose to lay claim to it. There's something in the laws that says if you were the source material for something, you can always undo giving away your rights. So if you created a screenplay for something, Brandon, whatever you're writing, even if you sell it, you have like 35 years to reclaim it, regardless of who you sold it to for however much. And that's what Victor Miller is doing. He's trying to get that claim legally back. And Sean Cunningham is fighting him on it. Yeah, this thing is ongoing. And this actually, they were going to start filming a new Friday the 13th film, I think two years ago, almost to the day. Um, and they stopped production abruptly. Like maybe they were still in pre-production when they had to stop production because of this lawsuit. Yeah. So we were almost close. Having said that, if you guys read the script, it's kind of a good thing they didn't film that. So hopefully whenever this lawsuit gets settled, we'll get a, a, a good, decent, not over-the-top, non-mythological Jason Borg. See, I wonder... Obviously, those who have been paying attention to Halloween 2018 and the way they did that, 
There has been some copycat production going on. Let's say the new Terminator film, where we're skipping all the sequels, and it's just direct sequel to Judgment Day. But you can't do that with Friday the 13th, right? Because you would have to acknowledge part one, two, and three in order to do something like that. And I know Shelly's still alive. Shelly, forgive me, I don't know his name. The guy who actually played Shelly is a lawyer. Perhaps even an entertainment lawyer. Really? So he probably could tell most people more what's going on with this franchise. But I don't know how many other people from part three are around. Uh, He would be the pivotal character, right? Because he gave Jason the mask. But, you know, his character doesn't bode well. So, Ash, maybe you remember whoever the final girl was in part three? Uh, Oh, I could picture her. Chris. Chris. It was Chris, the dark-haired girl. Oh, yep. So, is she still acting? Is she still interested to go the Laurie Strode route? See, I don't know, because she barely wants to do that movie. So, I don't know. I think Amy Steele would be a really good... Bring her back, yeah. I would love to see a Friday the 13th where all the surviving final girls and Tommy Jarvis, for that matter, actually get together and try to defeat Jason. I don't think there's a single fan in the world that doesn't want Tommy Jarvis to come back. I don't know if Corey Feldman is just asking for too much money while that never happened, or he was too young and they wanted to age him up like they Uh, did. Well, there's. Fuck Corey Feldman. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I like I like Tom Matthews. Well, actually, that's funny that you brought that okay. up because well, I was on Facebook and the whole like never hike alone. They're teasing the whole Jason versus so um, Tom Matthews as Tommy, like in upcoming sequels. I did see where Never Hike Alone is working on a sequel, but I have not checked out if it's being crowdfunded or whatever. Yeah, I believe they have their money because they announced they're going to do a few sequels starting and start filming in August. Um, and I believe Tom Matthews is going to be one of the main producers. Let me ask you guys this. Have you seen Never, Never Hike Alone? Yes. I have not. No, I have. I heard a lot about it. I have not yet watched it. Then this Damn. Or Devin, I guess. Do you yes. feel as though these movies are just fan service? Or they're actually credible works of art. I think it's credible works of art. I really do. And actually, I I think it's much more of a work of art to Friday the 13th than what the Friday the 13th reboot was. And I'm not saying that to be my normal shady self. I thought the Friday the 13th reboot was specifically created for fan service. And with Never Hike Alone, at least it had an original concept or it, something completely different for this franchise. It's stuck with the same core of the franchise by taking place in the woods. And it's it was about a guy who was hiking. And that's that's an option that's never been explored in Friday the 13th. I thought it was actually pretty well pretty well made. I, I do as well. I It's just playing devil's advocate here. It's like, would you want to see that with a nightmare? Would you want to see that in Halloween? Or Halloween has several, but obviously didn't make an impact whatsoever. Um, like fan fan films, fan Perfect. credible fan films. I think Never Hike Alone is great, and I don't know if they'll be able to strike lightning twice or not. But I'm I'm up for the sequel, or if it's just another entry, because I'm also fine with that. Like they don't have to be 
sequel sequels. Yeah, I mean, I think with the Nightmare on Elm Street, it's such a high concept that it's going to be hard to pull off a, you know, a true new adventure for Freddy Krueger and the Elm Street kids. But there are some fan-made films online, and I, I don't know why I can't think of the name of them off the top of my head, that serve more or less as prequels, or at least they ground Freddy Krueger more in reality that I thought were pretty good. Um Again, it's you know you're dealing with you're working with a limited budget, so you can't do all of the over the top special effects and dream sequences. But they were very very serviceable. I find those names. I'll I'll let you know. Oh no, I didn't. I missed the last part. No, I'm going to find the names and let you know. Oh, I would love to see a nightmare that focuses on Maggie Kruger, like the comic did. Okay, I'll go from there. What's that? I would like that. Completely. Yeah. You're wasting I mean, I think that that's a way to where we don't have to compare to Freddy. This is just the journey of Freddy's daughter. Turn- I like it. Okay, so you want, you want Maggie to become like the new villain in the Nightmare on Street series. Just yeah, like her Freddy. father set her off down this dark path. Okay. Something like that. I mean, I I haven't read the comics since I was like, I don't know, twenty something ish, twenty five maybe. Um, so, but something along those lines to just keep it going. But then we move the focus off of Freddie. We move the focus off of why is it not Robert Inkling? I mean, hate it or not. By the way, happy birthday! Today's his birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Robert. But I think that. We're so obsessed with this man with the shitty one-liners that wasn't really ever really that scary. Excuse me? An infamy, that is what he is known for. Oh, man. Oh, Oh, man. We must get jewels in here to take my spot. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But I, I think that that's... That's not why Nightmare the Remake failed by any means. I think um, Mr. Haley did a great job in his portrayal of Freddy. I think there was just a super shitty storyline going around it. Agreed. I think no matter who takes over the role of Freddy Cooper, it's going to be a thankless job anyway, because people are still, you know, holding on to Robert England playing this role. And Obviously, he's iconic in the role, but if we want more Freddy stories, you have to accept that a new actor is going to take over. So fucking get over it already. Yeah, I mean, he's 72. And I think that's it. He's 72. Yeah, let him, let him chill out. Yeah, and I don't think they realize, because part of the lightning in the bottle is he is the first slasher that can talk and they have personality. Yeah. But the downside of that is people are going to notice when you switch. Like, there are very few people that can tell you everyone that played Michael Myers, everyone that played Leatherface, everyone that played Jason Voorhees. But everyone knows who played Freddy Krueger. Yeah, but I think I, I, people just think it over. It just like when Sean, or Roger Moore took over, actually from George Lazenby, who took over for Sean, Sean um, Connery for James Bond. Yeah, Sean Connery for James Bond. Like, we have to allow these stories to flourish, that means new actors are going to have to take over. Like, I don't want the Nightmare on Street series to go away. I still want to see a new Nightmare on Street movie when I'm in my 40s or 50s. Like Aunt Viv and on Fresh Prince. 
Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something I think that the British have always had right, whether it's a new Bond or whether it's a new Doctor. Sometimes even in their miniseries, they don't even make shows that are planned to go 13, 14 seasons. It's like, they're making yeah. a three-season series, and that's it. And that was the way it was designed. They're not money-hungry. They're not like, we need to bring this back in 10 years. Except for those shows. They know that, hey, we're going to do this, and that's what it's going to be. And the premise works for and those it, shows. Right. I, I just wish we adopted that. I wish that whatever is going on with Bond 25, we can get it done so Idris can take over. It's like, Thank you. if they don't hurry up, he's going to be too old to do like multiple ones. Yeah. But to this day, we still don't have a Bond 25. I haven't paid attention. I just start watching the Bond franchise maybe within the last decade. Starting with Dan Dragon working my really? way back. It's in production right now. Someone got hurt on the set a couple of days ago, so they're they're halting production for a little bit. Okay. But it's it's in progress. Well then that's good. And I yeah. also heard nothing is Idris, but I also heard they might do a gender swap. Which, for Bond? I don't know if that's an overplayed thing nowadays or not, but... I want it to happen just because I want the incels to be pissed off. <laughs> you just like stirring the pot. <laughs> I just want them to be pissed off. <laughs> I think that if we do it for the right reasons and not just to make a statement, because there's plenty of films that are doing it, right? But, like, don't do it and then not follow through with a great script. Like, if there's a yeah. script or story narrative to go along with it, to gain buy-in because I, you know, when we do these things to get society, I want to say level, which is fucked up because that implies that we've never been on a good playing field. But I think it's true as far as representation. Um, it's one of those things of, yeah, everyone thinks it's great, but we don't always like dark Phoenix looks like a hot pile of Uh-oh. mess. Apparently Ooh, from all the ratings, the reviews it's, uh, it's not good. <laughs> and, it's not even a gender swap. It's just the second time we're seeing this story. And I don't know. Like, if we're going to say we're going to do this again, you need to one up it. You can't just be like, hey, we're just going to put this out because we want to keep this narrative going for. I think this version of X-Men have been like 20 years. Jeez. Yeah. Something like that. It's It's been a long time. Enough for Hugh Jackman to say, hey, I'm done. He holds a world record for the longest playing character in cinematic history. Is this the last X-Men movie? Who knows? Uh, under Fox ownership, yes. Okay. Because I'm sure they're um, going to reboot Fantastic Four next year. So. There is a rumor that David Harper is going to possibly be the thing in Black Widow. What? Huh? But as Ben Grimm, he wouldn't have not have changed yet. Oh. Just setting it up. Don't get me all excited. <laughs> well, that's more so than the way Sophie Turner looks in Dark Phoenix. I was like, I don't know who did makeup production, but I mean, eh. 
I got some problems with it, but we're not going to discuss that at this point in time. Right. <laughs> Our movie news for this week. <laughs> All right. On to the main feature. Ma, the 2019 film. Are you going to meet a boy? No sex or booze. Okay. Woo! Maggie came to party. Let's get filthy. Got you sipping on. I got you talking crazy. Excuse me. Can you buy some booze for my friends and I? Not interested. Please? Hell. Woo! There's my girl. This never happened, okay? Thanks again for doing this, ma'am. You guys want to party like rock stars? Follow me. Let's get drunk! The bar is open. What do you think? We don't know this chick. It ain't much, but it's all you. Cool basement. You're free to do whatever you want down here, but nobody go upstairs. This is so sick. Welcome to Mars. What? Love Ma. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> How did she get our numbers? You know where the party is. Mm. Those earrings are beautiful, Maggie. You got a sweet mama, huh? Who are you with? Just some kids from school. <laughs> you have a boyfriend. <laughs> Men are dogs. There's something off about Ma. Seriously? She's harmless. <laughs> And her basement's pretty much the best drinking spot in town. We can't go up there. Shh. Oh. What the hell? Thanks for these earrings. What happened last night? You don't remember, do you? Are you guys mad at me for something? I don't want to hang out at Ma's anymore. Don't make me drink alone. Don't make me drink alone. Max, I want you to meet someone. Nice to meet you, Maggie. We went to high school together. Why is my son smell just like your daddy? Spending time at your house. Hey guys, that bitch is crazy. Probably something wrong with me. How does it feel to be on the outside looking in? Let's get this party turned up. This is the most fun I've had in a long time. Came out last week in theaters. C. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, written by Tate Taylor. Writ- oh, no. Directed by Tate Taylor. Written by Scotty Lands. Starring one Octavia Spencer. Woo! You guys. What's that? <laughs> I just said woo because I love her. She was she was phenomenal. Did you know she was an executive producer on this film? No, I didn't know that. Uh no, no, I did not. Actually, you left my jaw agape. But sorry, I had to say that. <laughs> no, I mean it's no, it's really cool. I'm glad that she's starting to get like obviously before she won an Oscar. She was doing awesome roles in film in general, leading up to her winning. But she's also done a couple horror movies here and there. And that's why Mm -hmm. I like her, because she's versatile. She's not just saying, I have to be the black mom or I have Mm -hmm. to be uh, the sassy black friend (laughs) or I'm just here for diversity. Although that's not true. 
because she is definitely in um is it a jennifer lopez movie like early 90s i forget but she's definitely just like the affirmative action character in that film <laughs> do you guys know it's like a rom-com uh with the jennifer uh is it jennifer lopez it's um Drew Barrymore. Oh, Never Been Kissed. Where she goes back to high school. I love that movie, Never Been Kissed. Yes. Octavia Spencer's in that one, but she she's not given much to do. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Now you can go back and watch and see where... I don't, may have not been her first film, but that's the first thing I remember her from. And obviously, I didn't do a great job remembering her. Or the film. <clears throat> but, fun fact for you guys. And of course, most notably, recently for me, other than being in one of the Spider-Mans, she was definitely in Rob Zombie's Halloween. Which I was like, oh, okay. I've seen this woman in Ugly Betty before. (laughs) And then like... (laughs) So that's just me ranting, I guess, over Octavia Spencer. Um, For those of you guys who are unaware... Ma is a story of a lonely woman who befriends a group of teenagers and decides to let them party at her house. Just when the kids think their luck couldn't be any better, shit starts to get a little weird. (laughs) And then they have to start questioning their decisions that led them there. Brandon, what were your thoughts on the film? Um, Spoiler free, of course, because I'm not that person. It was honestly mm. solid, but and oh god, I'm gonna sound like Devin right now. Oh no, god! I feel like <laughs> with what they had, they could have done a lot more. However, do not get it twisted. Excellent film, great casting. Uh, the direction was great. There were like a lot of uh, specific lines that stuck out to me. Um, I mean, it, it was a good ride. It was a fun ride. But like I said. This is not me hating on the film by any means, but I'm, I'm sure that other people agree with me. There was more that could have been done mm-hmm. with what they had in terms of a storyline and plot and connecting points. So that way, the the um, the uh, I guess you could say lessons learned. Ah, themes. That's the word I'm looking for. So that way, the themes are a lot clearer and distinct. Hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I I have some nitpicking to do, but we'll wait and hear what Ash thinks first. Um, yeah, pretty much what Brandon just said. I know there was definitely, I feel like they could have done more with the film. And when I first watched that trailer, I was just like, oh, I called it. This is going to happen. So it was kind of predictable. But other than that, I, I really enjoyed it. And I had a good time watching it. It was really nice to see Octavia playing this type of role. Because, I mean, unlike, I mean, we are, we're aware that she's done other stuff, but there's people who are not awesome like us who are aware that, like, she can pull off this kind of role. So I enjoyed it. Before I begin, did you guys know that she's going to be starring in a remake of The Witches? It's like when we're movies. Yeah. Which is one of my favorite childhood films. I love witches. I can't wait to see her now. 
Um, I, I enjoyed the film. I, I really, really did. She's she's an Oscar-winning actress, so I didn't doubt that she can knock it out the park. Um, I took this film as sort of, I wrote this on um, I Need You, Jesse. It sort of reminds me of Carrie in many ways. Nail on the head. Um, and this movie, and this movie also does something that I see a lot in a lot of modern horror movies where they deal with the passing of childhood traumatization mm-hmm. and how that is, ne- how it goes untreated, how we can fuck someone up as an adult. Um, and it also plays with this idea of Ma, is she really the villain or is she a victim? And it forces you to ask yourself those questions. So I, I really enjoy that takeaway from this movie. Yeah, you definitely want to feel for her. I know, I was in the theater. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll F the um, you. I got you. I got what Devin was saying. I definitely thought that this film, someone asked me last week about it. It's like, this film, imagine if Carrie was a person of color and didn't have superpowers because she came from a lesser neighborhood, was sexually assaulted, and grew up dealing with the fact that no one did anything. And I think that that is one part of the story. Um, a big negative for me, aside from the kids, that which we'll get into in spoilers, but it's a good hour before we start the measly body count of five people. So that was definitely not a good for me. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. we need we need to get this going. But uh, great, not everyone's all about stacking bodies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, it's no kill count by any means. But I really wanted this to be like batshit crazy slasher film, and it really was more of a message about what happens when you don't let yourself heal. Mm. Uh, I, I, that's just my take. I'm not, I'm not speaking for everyone, but that's what I took away from it. I think everyone's known someone or possibly even been that person where you weren't just quite good enough to fit in where you wanted to fit in in high school. And not everyone thinks about what a fucking asshole you were to certain people. Like me in particular, I remember this kid, Paul Fink in my high school. One day we were horse playing or whatever, threw him in a trash can. He was a kid of short stature, probably five foot if I was five, seven, five, eight. And about a week later, he ODs like in his sleep. Like he was on speed and then tried taking cough syrup to get to sleep or some shit like that. Died in his sleep. I felt like a complete asshole. I was like, that's my last memory of him is fucking throwing him in a trash can fooling around in the classroom. So it's like, I've never harassed someone, harassed someone. But it's like, some of those chords struck a note with me, obviously. Because like, yeah, you, you go on living your life, but you never think about what you did to people, how it affects them. Like Luke Evans in this film has been fucking Ooh. dickhead. <laughs> like at first, I love, that, I love that actor. <clears throat> what, what's that? I said, I love him. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, I think he did a great job in this role. Like, if you needed someone to fucking hate with no remorse, it is definitely him. 
Um, Here with we that go. being said, Everyone, let me know if I'm missing. Um, so, Brandon, you want to do a synopsis and everything else? Oh, wait, are we going in spoilers? Can I do spoilers now? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Out fucking standing. So, like, you know, Ma's inviting everyone to the house. Like, yeah, come to the house. Y'all can drink over here. It's so okay. it has been said. You know, trying <laughs> at first, like, me being me, I'm like, oh, she's just being friendly because, you know, she probably been through it when she was a kid where she's like, oh, our friends want to party and drink, but, you know, we can't do it. But as we already said, Ma starts getting a little fucking weird. Then it comes to find out Ma essentially went to high school with all of their <coughs> parents in a way. Um, and there were some uh, naughty things that happened. But it was all pranked on. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this on the air because last time we talked about something that was of sexual content, Devin worded it so perfectly by saying uh, making love, and I was like explicit with it. Um, but I'm trying to figure out whose dad it is and, and uh, Su- Sue Ann or Ma. So <laughs> Sue Ann gave Ben. Or is it? Yeah, gave Ben, who's uh, one of the parents, gave him a blowjob in high school, and then finds out, oh, it's a prank. It was some random. If there's anyone in high school yeah, you listening, can't just pull the that is still around. rape. If someone doesn't know they're having sexual relationships with you, that is still rape. Fellatio, that's the word for it. Thank you. you. Um, yeah, no. Always do who you're fellating. So that happens, and she has, like, the the most <laughs> hugest biggest sore spot about it because I mean that shit's traumatizing. Um, and so it, it's almost like it's her way of trying to um, get revenge on them for having that happen to them. Um, so she finds a way to get close with all these kids. Now, where things get crazy, I'm probably skipping some parts, but that's because I want to talk about the thing I want to talk about that I thought was nuts. Um, it comes a point in time where she has every lottie dottie, everybody, everyone just tied up, can't do shit. And she just starts fucking going to town on um, on one of the characters. I forget, man. This I wish I took notes, but she, like she literally starts planning everyone's death and she starts killing people. And there was a point in time during everything that's happened on where I believe I forget who it was. I want to say it was Ben, but he's like. You know, we're sorry. We were just kids. But she makes the great point of, I was too. Like, like they kind of forget. They try to make it seem like it was harmless fun, but really it was a, a, a serious issue that it's very apparent she has not recovered from. And that's something that, um, for me, it's always going to stick out. Because in high school, I wouldn't say I was the one that always got picked on, but, I mean, I'm sure – being that me and Ash went to middle school and high school together, she's witnessed some of the things that had that happened. Like when I had to beat some kid up because he kept on calling me the whitest black kid ever. He wanted the hands. Um, that was funny. Any hizzles. Um, but say, but using the excuse we were just kids does not justify you doing something. Mm. Definitely when you're a high schooler. <laughs> it's that point in time you should know better that you you just don't do that to people. You said the death count was five, and all those de- – well, one of the deaths was kind of insignificant in a way, but each death was significant um, 
And what really sucks is the end of it, because um, I, I know I read a couple of articles where they asked it was set up for a sequel. However, it's not because literally the house catches fire and Ma Ma rises from the dead to go and try and finish killing everyone off. And then her daughter stops her. And then Ma tries to like wrap her up and be like, no, oh, no, you know, you're not going anywhere. I think she says Mama loves you, something like that. And then one of the characters, Maggie, stabs her in the back. And ironically, this is where I thought was funny because she had already killed Ben. Her and Ben die next to each other as the house burns down and collapses on top of her. And it was like that the, the death of Sue Ann, of Ma, was kind of like essentially saying, I got what I mm-hmm. wanted out of this. I just wanted some type of revenge. I wanted people to feel how I felt. And that and, and she got that and she was like, I can I can go now. I can go peacefully. Like she just accepted everything. Yeah, I think some of that is a lot of her delusion. Like she felt as though she was doing right the whole Ashley. time. Just like what was the uh Ironic the Christian girl that pretended to be passed out even though she didn't drink anything? Ashley. Oh, of course you <laughs> I loved her character. <laughs> One of the Best character. I have never been friends <laughs> with anyone like that in my life, but it's like, <laughs> I wish. That sounds like some shit I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> like, she snaps out of it when she wants to. It's like, oh, you guys look like you're having fun. I want to do this. But obviously, it led to her ultimate demise. So that's what you get for pretending. But I love that <laughs> character. Uh, I think that. For me, this film seemed like a hybrid bef- between Misery and Carrie. Oh, like, yeah, I agree. It's like two two hybrids acting as one unique film. Yeah. I mean, down to the part where she like notices that the porcelain cats are missing. Like that's definitely a callback to Misery when Paul's like rummaging around the house. Uh, and then she has the invalid daughter upstairs. Or not even invalid. Like, she's making her daughter sick so she doesn't leave the house. Which I, I really... Was gonna, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, when I was in the theater <laughs> watching this, when they showed her daughter and they, like, revealed that she's, like, not sick, someone was like, oh, like Gypsy Rose. But <laughs> I don't know who Gypsy Rose is. You don't know who Gypsy Rose is? Uh, no. But I will... Do my best to Google right now. Look at the act. Her. That's what I figured it was. I didn't know that was her name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like her her boyfriend killed her mother. Her mother was like pretending to make her sick and had everybody involved in it. Yes. Like she was a she was a healthy, well, pretty much healthy, but her mom was like purposely making her sick so she gets sympathy and money and all that stuff. But she was perfectly fine. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I zoned out for a second because I was thinking <laughs> of uh, as far as art imitating life, over the last weekend when I was at Overlook, I was talking to another patron and they told me something. Obviously, Jules kept blowing my mind over and over again. And no. then they pointed out the color palette of the film. Did anyone else catch this? No. No. So Stephen Weber's character only wore blue and red the whole film. 
and then um, Paola, she only wore white and black the whole film. And then Logan Brown, Mean's character, wore gray outfits sometime, or the hoodie, in the beginning and at the end. And then at one point, she's wearing something that looks like an Olympic gymnast. So basically what the person was saying is that this is calling out what happened in the gymnastics circles. What? So I've been meaning to watch the film again. I have not, but I think that they are acknowledging it through the film. Because I do remember the hoodie. She's definitely wearing it when she comes back, and then she definitely puts it on at the end after she fakes stump rapes. Man, I Charlotte. miss so much. Damn. Like, I'm mad. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch, watch it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think the film is great in that aspect. And yes, this is a tangent that it is operating like an Asian revenge story. Like, there's levels to the shit. That's what makes Old Boy so good. Because it's like, yeah, it's a fucked up story. And then they're like, oh, we can take it deeper. And then when you watch Old Boy again, if you've never seen it, do not watch the original or do not watch the remake. Oh, I'm about to say, what are you talking about? <laughs> not that watch there was the anything original. wrong with Josh Brolin and Liz, Elizabeth Olsen. It's just, if you've seen the original, there's no need to watch the remake. And I rarely say that because I like to be equal opportunist Damn. with remakes. Sounded but like this that is in- one where. Once they filmed it and screened it, they should have threw it in the trash. Just my two cents. Oh, my. (laughs) But getting back to the movie at hand, I do apologize. Um, Do you guys feel like No, they didn't act like they were grown-ass adults. Acted like real teenagers. Because I kind of took a little issue with it. Especially, oh, oh, they, they acted Warren like teenage. Is. They had teenager tendencies. It was like they were like um, nineteen. Uh, they already graduated high school. I'm like, did. no, they were, I mean, no, no, you still a baby. Well, I re- I really like Andy though. Like he reminded me of like a high school kid. Like especially like when he went to ask Maggie out to be like his girlfriend. He was just a bunch of an asshole as everybody else. Here's my takeaway from the game, from the teenage characters. Like this movie exists in a town where like the the football jocks and the queen bee are going to have that social status for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And those kids are the son of the high school football jock and the and the queen bee. Even Andy, who is usually is who's supposed to be like the innocent boyfriend the way he talked about his, his oh yeah the girl yeah the, and other women he, he was saying things that you shouldn't say to your girlfriend's mother but he lived in a world where his social status elevated him above that but then there's the blurred lines of he says he doesn't drink but then constantly he's getting his girlfriend drinks and then he has drinks in his hand so is it that that's just his thing. He says he doesn't drink. And then when people get drunk, he says, oh, I'm going to slip myself some drinks. And then he's just consciously driving everyone around when knowing he's drunk. 
Like that's just he's he's never been he's somebody who's never been forced to take responsibility for their own actions. Sure, I mean his his father was the all star homeboy, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then I Daryl, which should have been the token black person, but they tried to give him like street cred and still make him a nerd. Yes. And it didn't. That didn't Thank work you. See, we agree on something else. I, that was the character I had the most problem with this in the movie because I thought he did exist truly as a token black character. Yeah. He did, yeah. I don't because he had no autonomy from any, any every scene he was in, he's paired with one of the other characters. He really had no discernible personality other than being his di- his dialogue guy. just felt forced. Like I just uh. and 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 I don't I thought about that too, and I don't know if that was purposeful. I don't know if that was deliberate because I don't know, maybe he's a black guy in a predominantly white environment trying you can't to justify fit it. in in some way, shape, or form. But there's not enough meat given to that character to make you think that. To, you know, you know yes. what I mean? He, he just, right. Well, maybe like, I don't know, because we don't have like backstory for his character, but maybe he's like all the students in that school assumed that he was that type of person. Like, oh, he's black, so he's going to act like this. But mm-hmm. he's actually a nerd. Maybe, but so you maybe know, he like took on that persona. Be like, oh well, everyone sees me like this, so I might as well just go ahead, go along at like go along with it. But then Jeannie didn't feel the need to do that, and all she wants to do is be normal or what they consider normal. Like she didn't flip her demeanor; she wasn't using unnecessary slang. But at like the she same was just time, like, you I'm here, I'm a little shy, I'm a little timid because you know, I'm suffering from abuse myself. High schoolers, that's, that was that's a legit there real no... thing. Um, luckily, I didn't fall into that because I just didn't really give a damn. But there were a lot of people where, like, you know, you see them, they're all thuggish and whatnot. Then next, you know, I'm having a one-on-one conversation with them. Like, hey, man, did you watch last night's episode of Dragon Ball Z with the Cell Games? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. In the back of my mind, I'm like, you don't, you don't watch DBZ. The fuck you talking about? It's it's a real thing that happens in high school though. People put on a facade. <laughs> yeah. No, that part I agree with. Happens <laughs> even outside of high yeah. school. It's like the opposite of code switching. But for our experience as the viewer, is that his character there for us or is his character there for them? Because at no point is he paired with um, a romantic interest. At no point does his race become an issue in town. Like, you know, racial slur here when they're hanging out somewhere or there. Uh, Nothing like that is brought up. So for him to act like that, like he could just be, I don't know, ninth or tenth grade educated black person. Yeah, He only existed for one line of dialogue that stood out to me and towards the end where... Maya's covering his face in white <laughs> paint and saying, there's only... Exactly. And I know? was like, and dang, that shit is whack. <laughs> but somebody with her mentality, I mean, I I think racism was implied I mean, in the story, that, but it was that's never... That's what I'm thinking, too, just because... Directly well, okay, let's go ahead and... I, think wild, I definitely think so. Quick second. The story takes place in a small town in Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, that makes it even worse. So, you have 1986, you have Ohio, you have a small town. Ohio. Those three things 
equal up to either A, heavy discrimination that is not, you know, filtered at all. B, some type of filtered racism. Ash, you can attest to this because you probably went through it too, just like I went through it. Because we were both lived in Ohio and went to school in Ohio. So I'm just saying, like, the, the shit adds up. That's all. It adds up. So racism was definitely a huge thing in this. Yeah, I mean, and it's definitely there, and that's why maybe that's why the the Daryl character exists to maybe show that the town thinks it's grown and progressed in a way where this a group of white students would have a black friend and his race not be, you know, a direct issue with any of them. Where they accept as long as he's not threatening or he stays in his place. No, yeah, I just said where they accept him now, but you summed it up well. He stays in his place. He's allowed to operate yeah. within the confines of the community, but he can't get too far. And you know what? Now that you say that, anytime he did use some form of slang, she kind of like gave him a cockeye. Like, who do you think you are mm-hmm. trying to sound like black people sound? <laughs> oh, Even I gave Let's him a cockeye. Let's hear this. I was, sitting, I was like, mm. It's an unfortunate thing that I don't think most people are aware of that exists outside of the community. <clears throat> I also wish on a long enough timeline, it could be a thing to where other minority people you already know that's call never gonna out happen. other For minority people. It's, it's, it's just unless a common it's like a thing. good friend and you're just going to gonna call minorities. It. It's like they're freaking bored. Not that I'm saying that any type <laughs> of way people live is wrong. By the way. All right, well, fine. Did you all know, and it was a recent movie, that things that Brandon and his wife are able to enjoy or just recently a thing, right? Loving versus State of Virginia, 1968. Wait, really? That's a thing? interracial marriage was finally allowed. So we're talking like, yeah. 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 Like you were not allowed to mix race legally. I believe that when I last lived in Virginia, to have sex in the missionary position is still illegal, regardless what? of your sexual orientation. Just period. Wow. So it's like, <laughs> that's barely 60 years ago. And it's something that people can enjoy now. But that is super, super recent that that's not taboo. And then hopefully by the time Brandon, your kids grow you up, literally and got their me kids in grow up, looking this up because I don't believe it. And it's a real thing. What the fuck? Fucking third grade history. <laughs> what in the literal fuck, guys? Really? Yeah. There's, no. There's a whole movie about it that just came yeah. out. Uh, my mind's blown right now. You didn't know that? 1967. Yep. Loving versus Virginia. Yeah, I mean, look it up. I probably have the years wrong, but I know it was in the 60s. Sorry, I'm getting really excited about historic knowledge that is accurate and that I didn't even know freaking happened. Yeah, the woman from uh, Preacher, she she plays, uh, she's in it. Uh, Ruth Nay, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I, I don't Sorry, know why, I but I thought you were going to tell say my wife about this because I'm still in <laughs> so much shock about this. 
Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's a conversation piece for later on for you guys or watch it together. Uh, if no one has seen this movie, definitely go watch it. Because it's just, uh, you know, for me, I grew up in Virginia. Or I graduated high school in Virginia. So, like, when I originally came across this, like, my mind was just like, so if granddaddy was white, I would never be here. And my grandmother was like, yep. I was like, wow. Or I could have possibly grown up in an adoption shelter because they would have given me up so they didn't have to acknowledge it was them and not know my relatives. Mm. Sorry to bring the podcast down, everyone. Let's see if we can right the ship here. Can I, can I talk oh, about one of the issues I had with this film? Please do. <laughs> okay. The wigs. The wigs in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the daughter's lace front. I'm done. Gotcha. I'm done. Uh, that was the wig? Yeah, that yes. was oh my god. Yes. yes. Oh, you mean you mean my yeah, yeah. when they oh, when okay. they did like a close up on her face, I couldn't help but notice the the lace front. I saw the lace. What you it saying? was not blended or oh, anything. Really? I saw it and I had to say something out loud in the theater <laughs> and I had everybody laughing. What'd you say? <laughs> What'd you say? I was just like, you can see her lace. But <laughs> oh, that just bothered me. I was just like, oh gosh, I couldn't invest in something better. Wow. Because I was like, well, maybe. Because I was like, well, maybe it is a wig on purpose. Because she's making her daughter sick on purpose. Yada yada yada. But no, she she made that. She had that line. She's like, oh, your hair's getting longer. We need to cut it. So I was like, oh, that's supposed to be her be her real hair. Okay. But you know, they never went hard. anywhere with that. I don't know what that was from. See, like, like this movie, there was, like, so much more they could have done no. with it. Uh, but I still loved it. Do you guys watch um, uh, Queen Sugar? Uh, uh, my grandma. I, I'll catch up so here and there with my grandma. Oh, okay. I was going to say the girl who plays Genius on Queen Sugar. Oh. Okay. I wish that, you know, there, you know, if, if they would just acknowledge that it was bad in the film, like, let's say she gets it from one of the free wigs for kids with cancer organization. And like her mom shaves her head to make her think that she has chemo and then she puts on a wig. Everything would have made sense. <laughs> See, just like just yeah. sorry. Well, no, I'm thinking. I mean, there, there, there was that subplot of uh, my, and I don't know what the clinical term for it is, but making her daughter think that she's ill and treating her as if she's ill. I, I do think that's like oh, that was such a, a huge part of her character that it wasn't touched on enough. It was there. We we understood that what was happening, but it it wasn't developed. To his full to his full potential, I think. No, I think that the character could have done more or played possum <laughs> longer. Like Weird her flex, reveal okay. of she could actually walk wasn't. I was like, all right, that's that's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, she just got up. Mm. And you're like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah, like she just walks into the room and it's like, uh, at least be in the wheelchair, create it's a situation like, where they have that's to not how tussle that's with to happen, her or right? something. You guys she are saying this too. And stands up and then like, we're like, oh, wait a minute. There's something going on here. Yeah. <laughs> but- I love how like when like the the two characters like broke into Ma's house looking for their jewelry and her daughter was there. She wasn't like going crazy. She was just like, "Oh no, there would be no words, just a baseball bat." Yeah, there was no surprise uh, there. I'm like, you would have thought she'd be like, oh, "What y'all doing?" Like going off, but no. I guess she was just lonely. Well, I think she was yeah. lonely because she hears them partying yeah. in the house, <laughs> coupled with who is that lock for at the top of the steps? Your daughter is like oh, almost six shit. feet fucking tall in the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not locked. It's just shut. Um, just, just squeeze your your fingers through him. Yeah, like that wouldn't keep out a toddler if the toddler just played at it enough. So I thought, I don't know. I don't. I, I you could poke holes at anything in this story, but in general, it is not a horrible film. There's just more that I wanted to see out of the kids. Question mark. <laughs> Yeah. What that is, I don't know, but I didn't. Other than Haley, you need to get I love her. Okay, Haley was goals for me. I love Haley. She is correct. I mean, oh. every group needs that friend, but it doesn't mean you have to like him. Like it would have been friend really well, different if she wasn't in the film. I mean, you had to have that 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 energy to sort of counterbalance um, the lead Maggie. the lead girls, Maggie's. Uh, demure personality which uh diana silvers is her name and i have seen her way too much this year i guess she's like one of those up-and-coming people but uh you guys might remember as a cheerleader in glass and then i had just watched book smart where she plays a uh, romantic interest of one of the girls in the movie i forget her character's name and then to see her not even a month later as the star of this film, or co-star, I guess, second to Octavia Spencer. So yeah, she literally just started out last year. She's having a good. Ooh, she and I have the. She and I share hey, the same birthday. Young in. Awesome. You were born November third, nineteen ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was. Uh, November third is my birthday. I was born in the very early. That is the quickest I've ever Googled something. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I thought this girl was a girl. <laughs> but okay, so if anyone nah, has anything else good. I have to say, Could I'm just going to move on to the discussion piece. Remember to show us some support and leave a comment or iTunes review. Have a project you'd like to promote? Contact us, kill the dead podcast at gmail.com. I have a movie for you guys, and I think it's going to be on Shutter this month called Hard Candy. Yes. Oh, yes. It's like Devin hasn't seen a yes. show. Yes. I'm I love it up, though. <laughs> <gasps> Brandon, what? You never seen it? It's really good. It's with. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it has Helen Page in it. Oh, yes. Yeah, Ellen Page and Patrick Wilson. So she plays a girl who poses as like a 12 year old girl who's chatting with an older guy online. They decide to meet up. Not to give anything away, but there is a scene where there's implied oh, castration. I need to watch this. And I remember seeing this in a theater, and you can see every guy in a the theater like cringing in a seat. 
by itself. Uh, oh, 200%. I remember watching that in the theater with my friend uh, Anthony in Richmond, Virginia, downtown. I don't remember the name of the theater, but it's like the only artsy place we had back then. And I was not right after watching that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll fuck you up. So Definitely. But I'm excited that it's coming to um, Shudder because I definitely have not. I own it, but I have not watched it in probably at least a decade. Ooh. And you um, Conjuring fans will yeah. be happy to see Patrick Wilson in the first role I remember him in. Yeah, with his bald spot. <laughs> He's doing a good job with that bald spot. <laughs> He's still cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, as we move along, as you guys couldn't tell, or maybe you can tell, uh, I have a bone to pick with teenage tropes. I think that in the recent years, we've possibly gotten lazy as filmmakers. And uh, over the previous conversation, I mentioned <clears throat> to you guys offline. Nightmare on Elm Street versus the remake Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's only, I'm going to say, the kids. We're not talking about why the movie was fucking horrible. Just what made the difference for me. So in the 80s, you have Nancy and her core group of friends. And for the most part, they stick together. Nancy is like riding the ship. And they are kind of falling in line where they can. And I think that that's what ultimately leads Nancy to develop the strength she needs to defeat Freddy by becoming a leader. Uh, it's to where the remake, it was kind of like everyone's for them fucking selves. Like there was no banding together to try and understand Freddy. Um, parents aside, you know, I think that, the remake of Freddy was they were just keeping all the kids drugged, right? I know I just recently watched it, but it was a hard watch. <laughs> so I thought that that's why the film has ultimately failed because you get this different interpretation of Nancy and her friends, which I also thought it was odd that we named Nancy Nancy, but then we changed all the other characters' names aside from Freddy. So there was a little bit of disconnect, well, okay, but that has so, nothing so, to do with the teenagers. Well, well Freddie doesn't have to do with the teenagers. English, but I thought wow. that those two where are we going movies, with this? It's kind of all over the place. I feel like there may be a difference in what people would consider friends or what people would do for their friends. Oh, my bad. I cut you off. Damn. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's kind of the question I didn't get to yet of, is this really? No, no, no. But is this really um, how teenagers operate today? Or is the disconnect so the reason why these movies being are Being that failing? currently I live in a house with a kid who is in high school. No one's got buy-in um, if they can't identify with it. It's about half and half for me, just just from what he's experienced. Because, like, yeah, he has some friends where it's like, you know, they claim that they're his friends, but then, then you know, they're like total jackasses to them. But at the same time, just you know, observing what I observe, my um, my sister in law she graduated high school two years ago, and her core group of fr- 
I'm sorry, one year ago. Um, her core group of friends is still her core group of friends minus like one person, two people. So it can still go both ways. Like for me, I know when I was in high school, like my fr- I'm still friends with the same people I knew in high school, and like I would do mm-hmm. almost anything for them. I mean, I only have like four, so. Um, <laughs> you have friends in high school? What was that like? Oh. <laughs> I, That's fire. <laughs> I, I had like one. Um, I, I don't know. I think my perspective on it is I, I look at like 902, like the original 90210 and then the reboot of 90210. Like kids are ex- are exposed to a lot more now, and they're also in a position where they're allowed to be more independent of each other and not cling on to say like the in crowd or a specific clique of friends, the way our generation was. So they're exposed to sexuality more. They're exposed to world events more. They're exposed to politics in a way that we were not. I think that might be a contributing factor to that. Oh yeah. So. With that being said, it's kind of why I mentioned to you guys the film Cry Wolf, which I know is a Brandon favorite, where these kids were smarter. (laughs) And this was kind of around the time of Nightmare, about four years apart. And where these kids, I mean, yes, there's a bitch, but we all know why that bitch was a bitch, uh, because she was also the bad guy. And there is... And Gary Cole is awesome, by the way. Just, just saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> but then, where does the disconnect? So let's go ahead and get down to this, though. So I'm going to divert know, to Brandon. You guys have not seen Crywolf. Crywolf is where you know you have a whole bunch of kids playing the stupid game, where it's like, oh yeah, who's gonna, you know, like, like uh, I forget the freaking nursery rhyme. Someone remind me. Uh, da da da. No one knows. Okay, cool. But essentially, it's like, hey, who cried wolf? Who snitched? Whatever. But even in that movie, they were. All banded together except for, you know, a couple of um, select characters. But we're not going to talk about her right now. No one cares. Now, let's go ahead and relate it to this. When did Facebook become big for high schoolers and middle schoolers? Let's look at social media, right? I want to say Facebook was a thing in college, early 2000s. So I don't know when it trickled down to... So for me, like when it drives the my public to everyone, I remember that was the thing, right? It was exclusive to college students in the beginning. Um, Build a buzz. But with Facebook coming in, know what that means? That means people are becoming more desensitized to things because they see it on the day to day basis. You got desensitization due to parents not caring about what their kids do in terms of like video games. Uh, who they meet, so on and so forth. I, I let me rephrase that. Not caring, but not having the the resources to know. Because me, I was playing, I've been playing bloody gory games since I was, like, young. But my mom and dad knew because I told them. My dad let me do it. Um, but there are some kids who are like, you know, oh, you're not supposed to be playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas because there's a mission where you get to have sex with somebody in it. But know what? All these kids go to their whoever's house they watch the movie. I said, watch the movie. They they play the game just to get to that specific scene. So it's not. It all comes with the desensitization of everything. So with the desensitization, how do we move as far as fans or filmgoers 
in these situations of how aware do the characters need to be? Like, absolutely. Does the big titty girl need to take her top off and get into a tent with the asshole in the middle of the woods? And any regular slasher, you're creating something new. You are literally establishing. So then, what happens when the big bussy girl doesn't die? More likely thing in a a fucking scary movie. Because, okay, so crap. I was going to give a great example. Formula. I totally blanked on it. Well, then let me take it to a different place because I see what you're saying, but then I want to challenge you with the film Final Girls. Have you guys ever seen that? No, but I know this, this, Which one is the film? Where you expect the summer camp or the other one? It's the summer like, camp. They but go it, back to time. Not in time. They get trapped in a movie. Not to play, like movie. Yeah, and Tessa Farmiga is kind of right. her mother was a star in this movie. But the subtext is is that they play out all these tropes, and it, for the most part, the cast is all women. And they go through all the summer camp mistakes, and this is why they have to die. But then they have Tessa Farmiga, or Tessa, however you say her name, who is the, let's just say, Nancy of the group. And she's self-aware from start to finish. And she goes to battle with the bad guy. However, this can only take place in a fictitious supernatural way where it's only in a movie. Like, that is the only way they would let a final girl from start to finish be the hero. Which is not in your face in the movie, but when you think about it, it's like, oh yeah, none of that really ever happened except to her. Like, when she wins in the movie, everyone gets to go back to real life. So then it's just like a dream sequence of saying strong women are make-believe. When it's self-aware. Well, guess what? We went this way, damn it. So let's keep going. Yeah. Me too. And by the way, I had no clue I was going this way with the conversation. Well, I mean, I, th- <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I think, you know, like the Scream franchise really took the horror teenage trope and, and turned it on its head. Sydney wasn't a virgin and she survived. You had articulate women who weren't there to just be masturbatory fantasies for the teenage boy audience. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think. But was Sydney really technically considered a virgin? Well, no, so I'm saying like she wasn't a virgin. <laughs> she no, wound up having sex. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't hear that part. Okay. Yeah, so sorry. Sorry. No, I'm sorry, go ahead. It took a while, but he got there. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. But, um, uh, no, I'm done. No, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think it takes uh, it, it takes us taking whatever the tropes exist at that time and going the opposite direction for anything to really change. Because now you have movies, uh, who said one movie, um, You Might Be the Killer, where, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have seen that movie, but spoiler alert, um, one of the non-virgins almost makes it to the end. She kind of, you know, tricks them, you know, uh, tricks the killer a few times. So where I would like to interject with that is that all three movies that we're discussing right now are films where the character on purpose is in a make-believe situation to call out the tropes. It isn't a straightforward horror narrative where they're not saying, and Scream's like, oh, we know Psycho exists. Mm -hmm. We know all the Jamie Lee Curtis exists. 
or you might be the killer where the flute and the pussy girl, Allison Hannigan, is saying, hey, this is how you need to survive this situation. What's the kill count? What is this? Wait. <laughs> it took me a second to get that reference. <laughs> I did not remember. I'm like, what did Allison Hannigan do? And I was forgot about American Pie. Okay. <laughs> but when are we going to get that film where a strong person can be aware of it from start to finish and we don't have to break the fourth wall and we don't have to acknowledge that the film's taking place in a world that it doesn't take place in. Like if Scream, if they're just watching Psycho or if they're just watching whatever, that's fine. But Scream went as far as to say we're in present day, present time, but then we're going to make up fake Hollywood characters, which I thought was like Wes Craven could have fleshed that out a little bit more and just got the rights to whomever. I mean, I could be projecting here, but I don't think that Jenny from Friday the 13th Part 2 or even Megan from Part 6 were virgins. While they were, you didn't see them actually, as Brenda says, smashing cakes. Um, (laughs) That's your term. Uh, I I don't think they were virgins, but they somehow outwitted the killer and became the final girls. And it wasn't, you know, in a self-referential matter. Because this implied that Jenny's having an affair with Paul or having a relationship with Paul, too. Well, I think it is covered in the aspect of they thought Amy Steele would go on to do the third one, and then they were going to pass it just like they did Adrian King. Mm-hmm. So she gets to avoid that because she has to be the final girl and pass the torch in the next film. Uh, I'd have to watch the documentary again to see why Amy Steele did not go on. But she will be pigeonholed. Part six, I want to say part six is playing this week in the theater. If you guys have an Alamo Draft Ooh, House of a movie. near you, they're great. No, <clears throat> Terry Tuesday. <clears throat> they're starting to franchise more. So, uh, stay alive. What's that movie? So. Really? Oh, I almost forgot about that. Uh, John Foster. That sounds familiar right now. Who's in that? Uh, Video game. Sophia Bush, Frankie Muniz. Uh, What's the... Oh, it's the video game thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can promise you I've only seen Frankie Muniz in that film once. No, I was just thinking about it because... That movie, I don't. I wouldn't say it necessarily obeys oh, sorry, the go horror ahead. movie trope. Make note, it's also like a lot of people didn't like. A lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was okay, but a lot of people didn't like it. But <clears throat> it's not necessarily obeying the horror movie tropes that we have. And this was released in uh, two thousand six. Yeah, in that area. But I mean, oh, that one I wouldn't say necessarily obeys the tropes that we have. Oh, 05, oh, 06, something around that. Because, I mean, at the okay. end of it, you still have the fucking nerd that's still alive. Mm-hmm. 
I couldn't speak to it. Like I, I guarantee you, I've not seen this movie since two thousand six or two thousand five, whenever you said it came out. Jeez. Uh, I remember Frankie Muniz in it. I remember saying to my friend I was with at the time, I've never seen an episode of Malcolm in the Middle, but I know he bought the Fast and Furious <gasps> car. And, like, that's my extent yeah, it is. of this film yeah. that I remember. Yeah, I wanted to punch him. Oh, he had a dumb little visor on the whole film, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get any more mid-2000s than that. <laughs> what film were you thinking about? Devin, have you seen this film? <clears throat> I have not. I was thinking about an entirely different film. Uh, what's it called? I think it's called Slugs. Let me look this up. It was just David Arquette, and I think it came out around the same time. It had like a similar, um, similar title. I have not seen that for sure. Slugs? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm freaks. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Oh. What A-leg- was it? A-legged freaks. A-legged freaks. Oh. I mean, uh, definitely. I mean, I, uh, obviously, the thing I remember most from that film is Scarlett <laughs> Johansson. Oh, she's I think it's the last time the world saw Dougie Doug. I totally forgot she was doing that. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> but is Slugs a horror movie? Or is that you just said that? No, there's a movie called Slugs. Eh. Uh, I gotta find that now because I, I can I, I see the um the the box cover of it. Oh, that went way left. Wait, what was it from? Um, a hardcore porno movie? <laughs> no, <it's not>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm not I mean, thinking the English about translation is slugs, but the uh, Austrian name is Nachkaufschein or something like that. Roughly yeah. Translated. Okay, I gotta find the movie because I think I have the title and everything mess, messed up about it. Okay, is it like horror related or? I think it's Zack Snyder. I'm, did it. I'm trying to help you, Zack Snyder. I think he directed it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is gonna drive me crazy. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna. Say, <laughs> great, you have to cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I mean, it it could just be something I don't know. Oh my gosh, what is the name of that movie? What is the premise of the movie? It's like um Oh wait, who's in it? I just cuz I just saw it recently. Um if some like alien parasite comes to earth and it so Oh, Slither. yeah, that movie. What's it called? Slither. Oh, yes, yeah. that movie. Okay. Michael. Thanks, Ash. That's got a. What's his name from Avengers in it? Michael. James Gunn directed. I always get James Gunn and Zack Snyder. Because yeah. James Gunn's. What is his name? It's like his boy. He puts him in everything. He was at the end of um, Brightburn as well, if you guys stayed through the credit scenes. Michael Rooker. No. Michael Rooker yeah, that, is like I said Michael one of the Moore. bad guys. It's the first film I remember Elizabeth Banks in. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Yeah. 
I never watched the show Firefly, but the guy in, from that is in it too. But yeah, I mean, that makes hella difference. Because he, re- I mean, same thing with Elizabeth Banks being a Brightburn. He reworks with the stars. Oh, God, uh, here we go again. Did you guys see that movie yet? Am I going to ruin something for you? No, I keep I haven't seen it, it but you can spoil it for me. I heard it wasn't that good. Uh, well, there is a <laughs> there is an Easter egg at the end where James Gunn lets you know that the worlds are linked to a previous film he did called Super, which stars uh, Rain Wilson, and he wants to be a superhero, but he's just an average person and has no superpowers whatsoever. Oh, good grief! And okay. Ellen Page is in it as well. She was his sidekick. And Michael Rooker, of course, was in it. So at the end of the film, um, you get a snippet of, I forget what his super character name Crimson is. Bolt. You get a snippet of Rain Wilson while they're talking about I now know what movie you're talking creatures about. Creatures <laughs> or uh, beings in this world. So it sets it up for sequel. Yes, that's exactly what it is. I fucking <laughs> loved it. I mean, when he gets his ass kicked, you really feel sad. Like it's like, eh. yeah. Anyway. He plays a. So I think James Gunn did. Jock, was Kevin Jock Bacon in that film? I, don't remember saying I think he's in that film. In which one? The one I can't think of. It's French. Super. Though. Anyway, super tangent overload. But uh, Ash, definitely go see it. Devin, you don't need to see it. It's fine. <laughs> I can go. Like, I keep buying my ticket, and then, like, I return it. Um, I mean, who doesn't? If you want to see Superman kill people, it is the movie for you. If you don't care. I heard, like, a lot of praise. Like, there was a lot of praise for, like, the whole, like, crossover between you have horror mixing in with superhero. People are like, oh, my gosh. I like it's the first thing ever, but it's not. But, yeah, anyways... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's some gruesome scenes. There's one great, I, I don't know what to call the scene, because I guess it's the first time I've ever seen it, but there's a car crash scene where it leaves a character trying to oh, hold yes. their appendage together. I'm all about that it's life. Gone. And it's just like, oh, I've never seen anyone get it. killed like that before. So whenever you guys do see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> huh. I might see it this weekend then. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not the greatest, greatest movie like groundbreaking, but the death scenes or the kill scenes are pretty cool. I did I did like that about it. Uh that, that's probably where I draw the line. I think the movie was a little long, but I think that's also just me in my head. Like if, especially out. when I was at out, Overlook, like I'll probably see all these movies <laughs> again when they come out. Because except for Satanic Panic, I was just like, just fucking kill someone already. <laughs> like, why is this taking so long? And it wasn't like unreasonable you kill times. But like, I am here to so watch these people die. Let's fucking do it. And so, couple of when you're trying to, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was one of those things, but I know it was just me. 
And if, because uh, I, I was in a situation to where I was like, well, I'm, I can't go see this film because I chose this film. So I need it to be my everything in this moment. It cannot let me down. And surprisingly, most of the films did not. Uh, just to reiterate that. The biggest film that I know I missed completely was, I want to say it's supposed to say Dracula, but it's spelled different. And, uh, Nosferatu? No, it's a... Uh, like well, some of the letters are missing. Well, not... I'll send it to you guys over Slack. But it was like most notable film I mean, or no something. Like that. TV show. What'd you say? Oh, I was talking to myself, sorry. Uh sure, just don't make a habit of it and we're fine. <laughs> hey. Okay. Oh yeah. So <laughs> way left. I guess we'll bring it to a close. I, I think we're way off teenage tropes by now. Uh, well that does it Deuces. for another episode in the can episode ma say goodnight folks goodnight bye okay I'm gonna yeah. say something and Greg you may have to cut this out okay uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> so you guys know Aisha Tyler yes yeah love her love her she used to have a podcast right and when she you know whenever she interviews a white guest she's you know talking normally like everything's fine but when she gets a black guest on there she tries to talk all like like she's down with the homies a little bit and kind of talks about white people a little bit and i remember i think she had retta on there from parks recreation (laughs) she tried doing that with retta and her retta's reaction was like girl that's not you like what are you trying to do so that interview reminded me of that you know, that surprises me because she, I've watched her before do talks and it's like how she wasn't black enough for the black people. She wasn't white enough for the white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe she ended up marrying a Caucasian man. They're not yeah, divorced though, right? Yeah, they just got divorced. Yeah. yeah. They're divorced now. Her girlfriend is white. Her ex-girlfriend is white. Yeah. I, yeah, that's exactly what I was getting to. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I was just like, excited to announce more gayness. So. Oh, well, let me just re- regroup. 